0: Welcome to this episode of Amplify Your Impact. Today I have Cody Laughlin as a guest. Cody is a serial entrepreneur who started to learn finance at 19, was a millionaire at 27, but bankrupt at 28 and retired early at 39. Quite the story. (laughs) But he retired to pursue a passion of teaching financial literacy, successful mindset, and entrepreneurship that our schools refuse to teach. He realized that the lack of financial education in the school system uh, was there, and so he set out to change the financial trajectory of today's youth by giving the tools to parents to deepen their relationship with their children while giving them the information they need to be financially free. And Cody is a serial entrepreneur, as we talked about. He has very successful businesses and has been uh, has made over $200 million in sales and reaching the... Uh, Inc. 5000 list, which is impressive, but today I actually want to talk to Cody more on the topic of raising our children uh, with an entrepreneur mindset. So we're going to dive into that today, but first let's welcome Cody to the episode.
1: Uh, Susan, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for your uh, listening audience as well without them and just be you and I talking. So I'm excited that they're here to hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll find some fun stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I mean, Just given my intro for you, like we already know the roller coaster ride you've been on through your uh, business and entrepreneurship journey. Can you tell us, like, just give us like the short version. What happened between age 19 and age 39?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Went great, went terrible. Uh, (laughs) Realized it was me. uh, Strategically fixed it. uh, Went great again. And now I'm loving life. How's that for (laughs) sure?
0: That's that's amazing. (laughs) I mean, seriously, that's kind of like what we all go through is like, I I mean, that's us like phrasing it in that way and talking about like, this is the journey you went on. But honestly, I think if we all take a look at ourselves um, and you guys listening uh, in the audience, if you look at yourself, your story's probably not a whole lot different. We all have ups and downs and roller coaster rides. But I think what's impressive is that you had really high highs and really low lows. And you still kept at it
1: yeah um you know one of the things that i think of the word that comes to mind for me is almost every successful entrepreneur i meet has a has a uh a skill set or a trait in them and perseverance right like i really think that you have to be knocked down to be successful right because i think that you need to develop the uh mindset you need to develop the toughness that the bigger things get the bigger the companies get the bigger the uh, opportunities are, the bigger the problems are. And if you haven't been conditioned to be able to handle small problems, big, medium problems, big problems, and then really big problems, like they will throw you for a whack. Like if you just, if you, if you just went in and all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, and I've been through business size of, you know, um, $50,000 a year in revenues to at one year, our companies at $51 million in sales. It is not the same like you, I wasn't, I couldn't have been the same person that uh, would have been successful at that $50, $50 million level with 110 employees. Like I couldn't do that from day one. There's no way. And so I think that um, everybody I've met and everybody i talked to that's a high achiever, that's an entrepreneur, successful entrepreneur um, has really usually got a pretty good story of some of the downsides that they've been through. And, you know, for me, um, you know, the intro's Always kind of a little brutal to listen to for me, but the uh, you know the 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 big the big turning point for me was that twenty seven twenty eight year old range where basically I went from being a millionaire. I owned four companies. I had a condo on the beach. I was just living the lifestyle, but I, everything was financed to the hilt. I was always just going to make the next dollar to pay for the one I spent yesterday, and you know I was making amazing money. I think it was great. And then the bottom came out, right? Because it was all real estate based, all in South Florida. And I really had no clue how to run a company. And I didn't, I knew that when it all happened, you know, I I wouldn't have traded that for the world because I really needed that humbling. And I really needed that like wake up call to like, man, you got to be better, you know? And that's the way I looked at it. And so I made a plan. And I did what most people don't do, which is I made uh, I made a 10-year plan. And I said that even though I went from basically a millionaire uh, to $700,000 in debt with no job, <laughs> you yeah. know, and, uh, and I made a 10-year plan, and, I mean, you would have thought I was crazy if I told you where I wanted to be in 10 years. I wanted to be retired. <laughs> and we were like – you know, I didn't tell anybody. I mean, I told my wife, but I, I didn't even get that deep with her. But I just went really detailed and I said, okay, how am I going to do this in 10 years? And I just started backing it up. I'm like, where do I got to be in year nine? Where do I got to be in year eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one? I was like, okay, so now I know what I need to be in one year. And what do I have to do this year? I have to negotiate like crazy. I had to find a great job. I have to, and I just started making non negotiables. And then I also, but I also looked internally and I said, who do I have to become? Who do, what do I have to learn? What don't I know? What am I terrible at? You know, and I, I really looked in the mirror and just said, okay, like I'm awful at running a business. Here I was running a seven figure business, four of them. And I was like, and I, and I had to look in the mirror and go, man, I'm terrible at this because it was just all a house of cards. Like I didn't really understand at the end of the year, I just dropped off a box of paperwork to the accountant and was like, hey, let me know. You know, I just took checks out of the bank when I wanted. Like I never really had any clue what we were doing for profit losses or any of that kind of stuff. I never even looked at it. It didn't even cross my mind. And, um, <laughs> and, and so I was always focused on revenue, um, which is where I, you know, tend to cringe a little bit when I see a lot of the online entrepreneurs today because that's all I talk about what's my revenue number, what's my revenue number, you know, and, uh, and it, it's really not a sustainable way to look at business and life. And so I had to, if I realized I had to do that with business, I also needed to do it my personal life. And so that was when I started my journey into really diving into personal finance, um, and really diving into what's called the fire movement, which is financially independent, retire early. And I just looked at this and I said, if other people have done this, I can do it. And I always feel that way. And especially when you talk about kids with my kids, I, when I hear them say, I can't, I usually time out, stop them. And I go, look, how do I, and they're like, what? And I'm like, I can't, I don't know, whatever it is. I can't read this book. And it's like, no, how do I read this book? You may have different God given talents than somebody else. And so it may be much harder for you, uh, but you can, right. We all have our own gifts and it doesn't matter. Like if I want to learn how to play a saxophone, I can't say I can't play a saxophone because I can play a saxophone. It may take me a year of practicing. I know nothing about music, but like I could. And then I have to determine whether I want to do that and whether I'm going to go out and I'm going to lay that thing out and I'm going to be, the. I'm willing to do what it takes to get it done. And I think that a lot of people uh, could benefit from changing that mindset.
0: I love that you um, have brought up like how you interact with your children when they say, I can't, I think. Those of us that uh, our parents in the audience, um, I know for myself. My speaking for myself, I know that I'm constantly uh, looking for ways to be able to raise my children in a way that uh, gives them that foundation and that belief that they can, um, they can run a business if they want to. They can, you know, they can do whatever they want to do um, if they just put in the work to do it. So yeah, my
1: yeah. my mission now is thinking thinking this backwards. I was going to tell you because i I kind of like to deconstruct things and then to come up with a plan for things. And so, right now, what I'm doing with money talkers is that I want to give parents the tools so that the kids can learn this stuff because I just think about if I had another fifteen years of head start, like if I could have taken me at you know thirty five and put it into a fifteen year old me, like sky's a limit because there are no limitations. They don't know. That they're not a, they're not supposed to do things in the real world right they don't know that they can't be giant successful business owners so if they know the tools to get there then i think that you're going to see a, uh, they're going to be able to go out and change the world and make it a better place
0: absolutely i mean i i know i've had this discussion before of like there's always that um barrier Of knowledge that you need to learn, like basically a foundation you have to learn when you decide I'm gonna be an entrepreneur, and then you're like, oh crap, how do I actually run a business? I don't know Um, how to spell that. (laughs) So yeah, you're right. If we can if we can like teach our kids those foundational principles when they're young, they're so much more capable and likely to succeed, whatever that looks like for them at an earlier age. And that's life-changing.
1: Yeah, because it's going to become more and more important anyway. I mean, you're looking at now in today's times, like you're responsible for your retirement. You're going to be re- you're responsible for your insurance. You're responsible for everything. There is no more, you know, uh, big corporation take care of me for 40 years, get the gold watch and right off in the sunset. To be honest with you, that life's not for me anyway.
0: Yeah. It never was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and for, you know, a lot of people are dependent on that or were dependent on that and or still thinking that they can be dependent on that, you know, and retiring and banking on having social security and all that kind of stuff. And like, especially in the last few months, the way that things have changed, like there's no guarantee for anything anymore that you're right. You're going to have to take care of yourself.
1: Well, I would give you an example like, um, there's a lot of paths. I mean, you can be a very successful, you know, uh, W2 employee worker. Like there are lots of people that that's their path. Um, you know entrepreneurship isn't really for everyone by mm-hmm. any means I don't think so um, but uh, I'll get an example like as a 16 year old um, if you could if you could if your 16 year old could, could make $10 a week right so $40 a month is what they'd have to come up with which is basically about an hour a week they would have to work they can have a million, one point eight million 1.8 million dollars at retirement they have to put $10 a week away from 16 to 76 they have to earn an average market rate of 9% and just let it sit and roll, and don't touch it, and it ends up around one point eight to two million dollars, right? They only put in thirty six thousand dollars. Compound interest. See, the kids are kids, kids. don't think about people don't think about this, but like, there's a lot of different kinds of wealth. One is money, obviously, but the other one is time. And so kids have an abundance of time. And so I don't. I think we spend an average of sixteen thousand dollars a student uh, across the country, like in teaching them um, per year. Uh, it literally would take um, four hundred and eighty dollars to start a retirement fund for them and just let it roll for you know those sixty years and they end up with a couple million dollars in the bank so there's a lot of things out there that I think you know I guess would say i don't agree with or I don't like or I can't believe that we don't teach but I have the mindset of okay if I see opportunity to run the other way.
0: right. You cut out for like the last five seconds there. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry. All right. So what I was saying is that, um, when I see a movement basically going one certain way, um, I don't see that. I see opportunities to run the other way. Right? So we can either throw our hands up and go, this isn't fair. We don't teach our kids about entrepreneurship. We don't teach them about money or we don't teach them about successful mindsets or you know what? I can go out and start teaching kids about these
0: things. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like you kind of already touched on it a little bit, like, uh, it, helping our kids to understand like how to properly save money, you know, that would be, that would be one thing to teach them. Um, what other things should we be teaching our children in order to help them be able to prepare for, um, you know, living the life that they want to, or, you know, be, like we say this word successful, but that looks different for everyone. So like just being free to be able to do what they want. How, what should we be teaching our kids?
1: So, I would, I would start with this, right? Um, I would start with what they see as successful, okay? Because that's the first thing that's identified for me. Um, is is, And I would even back that up one more step. And the reason I called this Money Talkers was kind of a tongue-in-cheek deal, right? Because when I talk to adults, and I'm talking about learning personal finance, my story, like, you know, we usually can agree on a lot of this, right? Like, oh, I didn't learn that, I didn't learn that. And almost like 99% of the time, I'm like, did your parents talk to you about money? No. Right. <laughs> and so uh, the two biggest like anxiety inducing talks for parents is usually birds and the bees and money. Right. And you're going to have the tests that come up later in life about how you handle these things. You've already been through it. Right. you you've, you know, you've bought the car you've gotten the insurance you've gotten the health insurance you've gotten some shocks along the way right and then certain times you've bought something and you're like oh my gosh i did this the wrong way right <laughs> like there was a way and then later you found out you're like oh there was a way better way to do that right and so uh you know a lot of times parents go well i'm not qualified to teach personal finance and entrepreneurs you are one thousand percent because what you need to do is start talking to them that's the that's the big breakdown for me Uh, And I covered this in our podcast that I do an interview where I I interview the entrepreneurs and and really dive deep with them. But I also do a second one that I call the high impact series. And in that, I'm really just trying to come away with one takeaway, right? I just want an eight minute interview and I want them to come up with a takeaway. And what would they teach a high school senior if they only got to teach them one thing, something that they learned outside of school. And what I want parents to be able to do is take the headphones off and go into the room and just talk to their kid for 10, 15, 20 minutes, right? Start introducing these things. Just two days ago, I was uh, I was watching CNBC in the morning um, and all the numbers were kind of flashing up there. My six year old's looking at it and he's reading them. He's going 152, you know, 127, 133. He's like, what? what is this? You know, and I was like, that's a stock market. He was like, what is that? And I go, those are stocks. I was like, it's a little, pe- you could buy little pieces of companies. And he was like, wait, I can own parts of companies? And I go, yeah, every company you can think of just about, you could buy little pieces of it. And I was like, you know what happens when you're sleeping? And he was like, what? And I was like, that company makes money, you get a little piece of it. And he was like, could I buy more of it? And I go, yeah, the more you buy, the bigger the piece you get. And he was like, what? He's like, I need to start making some money, you know? <laughs> like, and he's six, but I mean, these concepts are like, I, I'm not telling him anything you know, mind blowing. I really don't think there's very much in finance, in personal finance, that has changed in the last few thousand years. Just about right. The principles are all there. Yep. And, but the thing is, is that the kids who are gonna uh, are gonna gravitate towards it and love it because they just want to be part of your world right now. You know, as your parent, as the parent, and and the kids are there. Like you just have to start having some conversations. You know, and I was I was kind of laughing earlier. I was talking to a friend of mine. I was telling them yesterday, I my eight year old daughter was out working out. I, w- I got some weights to work out from home, so she was outside doing a workout with me, which mm-hmm. was so awesome. And uh, she was talking, and I said something. Uh, I got a I got a check in the mail because I own some rental properties. And she was like, she said, like, "What's that one?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a check." She was like, "Oh, is it like the water bill or the utility?" You know, because she was trying to be like kind of cool. And I said, "No, it's not a bill. It's a check." She was like, Wait, what? And I go, No, I get, she goes, You get it? You get, is that like money? I was like, Yeah, I get money in the mail. She goes, In the mail. And I was like, Yeah, it's like, it's pretty awesome. She was like, Well, how does that work? So I still, I just told her, I said, Okay, let's say you lend someone $10 and then they got to pay you back 10% interest. I was like, Do you know how much that is? And she was like, I was like, 10% of 10 is $1. And she was like, Okay, so they got to pay me back 11 I was like, Yeah. I was like, What did you have to do to, work for that. And she was like, I didn't. I just lent them the money. I go, okay. So what if you're on the other side of that and you borrowed $10? She goes, and I have to pay them back 11. I go, yeah. She goes, I go, one's the bank. One's a borrower. And she goes, I want to be the bank. You know, <laughs> I mean, she's eight, but it took about three seconds for her to go, wait, it's way better to be the bank. And so those are the kinds of things that like, they don't have to be huge groundbreaking conversations. You don't need to explain compound interest in like, dire details with, you know, charts and, and, uh, amortization tables and all these, you know, graphic spreadsheets or anything else. But the concept of it's better to be the bank than the borrower yeah. is very easy. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, talking to the kids about a mortgage, I was a finance major, right? I, uh, my parents were entrepreneurs. I was a finance major. I went to work at a mortgage company right out of school. It was like kind of like the super hot time of the mortgage industry, like 2003. And, uh they put me on the phones. I didn't know what a mortgage was. Like legitimately, I was taking applications from people. I was cold calling them and asking them to take applications with me. And they were like, I didn't know what a mortgage was.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was a finance major. Right. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Did not miss, They didn't teach you that one. <laughs>
1: just never, I sure, might have, but it just never, I never ever really understood what it was. You know, it's kind of like you're, cool. you're a chemistry major and they ask you to make, you know, plastic and you're like, I don't know how to do that. You know, yeah. so it's kind of things so like, I was 24, I owned my company, and my sister wrecked my car, and my mom was like, hey, you gotta get your own insurance, I was selling hers. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I had 15 employees, I don't know how to get car insurance, you know what I mean? So like, there's like that's what I tell you, like I was like, it was so kinda, there's such, there's such things where like, as you start to plant these seeds now, later in life, when your kids grow up, and the money decisions, and the money, and the, because and the, the system's not set up for them to win, Right, it's set up for them to continue to pay interest and continue to pay out, and you know there's a lot of money to be made in money, right? And yeah. so uh, if you're if those decisions come up later, if you haven't talked to your kids about money, and they go off and they're at college, and then they're going to decide what job to do and what car to buy and what house to live and whatever else, don't expect them to come to you, right? Because you haven't you haven't built that relationship, you haven't laid those seeds. If, you've, if you have a conversation and you build that relationship and you have those money talks, when those decisions come up, they have a partner to come to, which is what I think we all want as a parent is we want to be involved to be in the big decisions. But you have to lay the groundwork in the little ones first.
0: That's a really, really amazing point that you've made. And I'm just sitting here thinking about my own life, um, you know, with my my own parents and, you know, being going through my life experience and realizing like, Oh my gosh, like that's exactly like, I don't go to my parents for, for financial <laughs> advice. One, because you know, I mean, there's many reasons. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah. um, one of the things that I actually thought of while you're speaking, you told the story about your daughter and getting the check in the mail. And she was like, what you got? Like, that's money in the mail. Like what? I thought it was a um, bill. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I thought it was a bill. Right. Cause that's usually all we're getting in the mail. Um, but that just made me realize like oh my gosh there's such a, like there's a, there's always been an importance for us to educate our kids on finances and and how to manage them and also you know make money or whatever it is but i think that it's so much more important today because i've had conversations with my kids about like oh like they want me to go buy something for them and i say well we don't really we, we don't have the money to spend on that thing right now Um, and they think like, mom, just use your card and go to the ATM and get money out. Like, can't you just go get more money out of that box? (laughs) It's like, well, no, that's not how it works. Um, and so while you were talking about like this check coming in the mail, it's like our kids today, just because of our technology and the times that we live in, like there's such a, there's a bigger disconnect between money and cash in hand and like purchasing things because they don't see the us pulling our dollars out of our wallets anymore they see us pulling out this card that seems to be an unlimited source of funds for us um you know in the in the eyes of a child and i I just have that realization i'm like oh my gosh because that that's such an important thing to be teaching our kids of like this isn't an unlimited amount of money that we can we can have
1: no i I completely agree and most child experts and around the subject will agree to use tangible things you know, that uh, if you're paying your kids, you should pay them in dollar bills yeah. or you should use jars where they can see it or plastic bins and those kinds of things. Um, because it becomes much more tangible for kids. Like in my house, I like to do, um, excuse me, I like to do charts with them, like the old school, like fundraising ones, you know, yeah. like color it in and that kind of stuff. And uh, so that they can physically see when there's a goal. And so it helps me a lot of times when I'm parenting. Um we're leaving in a couple of weeks for a vacation and my son was, kept, keeps asking me for this video game. And I told him, you know, he, he was supposed to be reading all summer and he's six as I mentioned. So he's just, you know, getting, he's just getting reading. And, uh, and so what I ended up doing was I told him I would buy him a video game if he read 20 books. Right. And I was like, you want to have the video game before we go to Lake Lanier? And he's like, yes. And I'm like, it's a long car trip. You're going to want the video game. You know? So I made him draw, he drew out twenty circles on a piece of paper, and he's crossing them off as he's going, and uh, and so I told him if you get to the, if you get to nineteen, there's no game. I thought you got to lead the whole thing. You got to get to twenty, and he was like, okay. And then so what I ended, what I ended up doing was realizing that like if I was you know he he doesn't want to read without anybody because he doesn't he feels stuck. So I, then I employed his eight year old sister, and I said, hey, if you help him get to twenty books. I was like uh you know you'll get um I was like I'll give you the equivalent of what the video games are. You know it's about 40 or 50 bucks. It's like the best hundred bucks I ever spent ever. Yeah. Like they would just yeah. they, they now like she's she's instead of being like annoyed or teasing him, she's like encouraging him and going along to do that because they have a goal and they can see the goal. And we also did a chart because they wanted a um like a 3D printer.
0: Yeah. And I was
1: like <laughs> I was like, I'm not just buying you a 3D printer. You know, my head. I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. I want a 3D printer. Like, maybe I should buy. That's a goal my
0: husband has, and I'm like shocked over here that that's a goal your children have.
1: Yeah. So they saw it and they were like, that's so cool. I don't remember what it was specifically. I think my daughter saw that she could make. Like, uh, she really loves like building things with dolls and like communities and stuff. It's really fun to watch. And um, so they wanted this thing, and I literally had this big strip of cardboard, and so we made this like huge thermometer. And it was like, anytime I wanted them to do something, I was like, I'll give you $2 towards your goal for this, you know? And it was like, and it became a really fun kind of like teaching thing. And they would go out and they'd color it in and color it in and color it in. And, um, so I think that there's like, you know, there's just fun little creative ways that you can, you can tie in. Um, cause what I'm really doing is I'm trying to build successful behaviors right in my mind. So yeah. I want to teach my son, look, reading has benefits. Right. That's the mm-hmm. ultimate goal behind this. I'm not really just trying to get him to read 20 books. I want him to realize that like, look, if you educate yourself, you get things out of it. That's behind mind psychology when I talk to him um, about those kind of things. And so for her as well, when I talk to my daughter about those things, I'm like, okay, I don't, I want her to see the positive benefit of helping him. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the standing back saying, okay, how do I kind of plant seeds with them? so that later as entrepreneurs, there's self, um, self-direction, there's uh, you know, reliance on being able to accomplish things on yourself uh, because it is a very valuable mindset to be able to think that you can accomplish things or to be self-driven because when you're on the top, it's, there's no one's gonna listen to your complaints. You know, it, becomes, it's a, it can be very lonely And it's, uh, which is why I think we gravitate towards others, which is amazing for the podcast side of it. Right. So I, I absolutely love podcasting because I get to break into these, you know, structured sessions with other people that have the problems that I've had, you know, and like I get to hear their sob stories too. And I'm like, okay, solace in there, you know? So, um, but I also, I want to try and build those traits for them, whether they want to be entrepreneurs or not, I don't know, but I do want to try and build self-reliance and I do want to build resiliency in them. And I do want to build perseverance in them. And so I try to keep that in mind a lot of times as I'm teaching them stuff. It's because I'm giving them bigger concepts that I see adults struggle with. I'm just trying to introduce them early without making them dangerous or scary or anything like that. Just little wins, you know?
0: That's amazing. I love all the examples that you gave in there. Um, I was just like, that's. That's teaching your kids, first of all, really amazing goal setting right there. I'm like realizing I'm really slacking on self my kids learn how to set goals because um, it's a huge struggle. Um, but also like teaching your daughter that, you know, there's value to be had in helping others succeed. That's a really, really valuable lesson to learn as a kid. So her helping her, her brother succeed is, is an amazing thing. I love, um, I love how you're doing that with your kids.
1: Yeah, you know, they're typical brother and sister. 90% of the time they're amazing, and 10% of the time they try to tear each other up. But, you know, it's, uh, but it does help to foster that. And then, um, you know, what we did, because I, I, you know, I'm learning as I go as well. Obviously, you know, I didn't, I have zero roadmap. I've never been around kids in my life. I've learned everything since we being with them. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, you know, we wrote goals um, about a month and a half ago. Because it was we were stuck in the house and it was getting to be just like I want to just lay around and, in my PJs all day and watch mm-hmm. TV or my tablets and all that fun stuff. And so I wrote down goals, but I actually had them write the goals with me. And instead of me just giving them direction of stuff they have to do, we talked through it and we put it on and we put it on the on the fridge. And then so when my kids have committed to doing their goals, not my goals, right, then I can always, I can refer back to that. I'm like, Hey, you know, it's almost Sunday. Have you done your 20 minutes on your hundred minutes on my or whatever their little reading program is, or like, you know, we set, you're going to read 10. We actually put my son's goal at 10 books. And he was like, I could probably do that. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then we actually put it to 20 for him to be able to get the video games. So you can adjust them. One of the other ones was like, he he needed to learn how to ride his bike without train wheels, Mm -hmm. put that on the goal sheet. Right. And then, so on Saturday, we started going and he's some reason he has this big anxiety about no training wheels all of his friends don't have them he's super athletic he just can't get over the bike with training wheels yeah. deal so Saturday he crashed about 10 times you know the 11th time he got it and he started going and we had this awesome moment but he didn't want to go out there until I was like hey man this was one of your goals let's go accomplish it summer's almost over and he was like all right And I got to not be the bad guy or the dictator in the situation. I got to just refer back to his goals and I'm helping him achieve his goals. And um, I find that to be really advantageous when I'm trying to get them to accomplish things.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's really, really great advice. Um, Something I'm going to go implement with my kids today because they've definitely fallen into the pjs and playing around on oh yeah
1: i mean we got so we had we had spring break and then all of a sudden it was like okay no more school and it just kind of drug out and then there really wasn't an online program for them it was like really really busy work for like an hour a day like an hour and a half and then just kind of like with so many unknowns we didn't put a plan together you know and when you don't have a plan you plan to fail so uh you know or you fail to plan you plan to fail so when we i just kind of was there and i'm like you know what I'm like, I do much better when I write goals and I accomplish them, I can scratch them off. Like, I feel good. I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I need to just knock things down and feel like I'm in momentum. And I know that my kids have a lot of my personality traits. And so I, that's why I kind of just said, you know what, let's sit down and do this. And it took, I don't know, Susan, it took 15 minutes.
0: Right.
1: Right, but so I can refer simpler. back to it for the next month and a half. Yeah, it really It really wasn't like, a. I, I hate the terms like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. When I, when I find myself saying, "Ah, oh, I need to, and whatever that is, I, I need to just take a timeout right then and accomplish it. Cause usually it's something that, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, yeah. to, but it needs to come out of my mental space and it needs to be accomplished because when it's accomplished, I feel great. When it's mm-hmm. not accomplished, it's in the, I need to state. It's not good. So I figure my kids are probably about the same way.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, Cody, You have a uh, business plan builder for parents and kids, and this is a free resource for the audience. Where can people go to get that? Yeah, Actually, tell us a little bit about it first, so we can understand like, whoa, do I even want that? And then let us know where we can get it.
1: Yeah, so here's what I would tell you. Um, I believe in the business plan, okay? Um, I have run businesses, million dollar plus businesses with no business plan, crashed and lost everything, right? I have also um, built up businesses with using business planning and was able to sell a company to a publicly traded company. So I know the power that's in it. Also with kids, well actually I would say this, most entrepreneurs don't write business plans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Not formal ones, right? And they think, "Well, oh, I'll figure it out. Well, you don't really get to do that because what you end up doing is you end up wearing too many hats, you don't really have a structure, you're not really telling the business how to work and you're not really deciding like look at all the factors. I talk about a lot of people going from being the employee to like starting their own company. You know, I talk about like a painter, right? A painter is making $15 an hour and says, man, the guy who run the company makes a lot more than that, I'm gonna be a, on a painter company, I can do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah, sure, it works great for a little while, right? If you can get some clients, but you gotta deal with sales, marketing, you gotta deal with operations, customer service, and you gotta deal in the finance department, you've gotta deal with not only recording your finances, but also collecting and paying them, right? What you end up doing as a business owner is you end up doing a lot of that stuff and no more painting, right? Which is what you got into doing in the first place, which you loved. And that's where you want, your passion was and that's where your skill set is. Well, in a business plan writer, what I did is I kind of took that on mindset and I broke it down for kids because I believe that kids are more entrepreneurial than anything, right? They want to just build things. They, my kids come up with business plans and stuff all the time. They think about, well, not business plans. They come up with business ideas all the time. And kind of like what I told you earlier, when you turn things to how do I, if you don't know what it's going to take to be successful and you don't, you don't take the time to think about what it's going to take to be successful, you're not going to be successful unless you're very lucky. And so this business plan writer is very simple. It's written for kids, but it takes them through thinking about how to be able to approach an investor right which is usually mom and dad mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you think about just taking like the lemonade stand my kids made one called little squeezers right which was I,
0: <laughs> we actually
1: went through we wrote like as many business names as we could come up with around lemonade stands and then we started crossing them off and we ended up at little squeezers which I thought I would just love but um but you know it's it's okay what does your name convey right why should you name it that what are the other people naming them in the market you know, and you start going through, and it's like, okay, you start talking about startup costs, right? Kids don't think about that. They're like, I want to understand. You know, and it's like mom goes out buys lemonade, they build a little thing, table goes out there, cloth, whatever. You just get to keep all the profits. It's not really a good way to teach your kids about business. It's great to get them out there because it's better than not, right? But if you were like, okay, how much of the lemon, you know, how much is the lemonade packets going to cost? Well, how much is the water going to cost? Do we need ice? Do we need coolers? Do we need a table? Do we need a tablecloth? And you start laying these things out. Okay, so there's your startup costs. Then you start talking about, okay, what does each lemonade glass cost? Cost, you know, we, we spent $10 and we made 100 of them, they're 10 cents each, right? Okay, so if we sold it for how much? And they go, we going to sell for a quarter. We, how much do you make? I made a quarter. No, you made 15 cents. Well, it's, I don't want to make 15 cents. Well, okay, so we start talking about margins, right? And cost of goods sold. And it's really, it sounds a little more, even more difficult as I'm talking through it. But if you follow the steps yeah. through it, it is such an amazing tool to realize where your kid's head is at and what they actually know. You'll be very surprised uh, the way that they think about
0: things. It's such you know? an amazing way to use it as a learning experience, right? Like my kids have asked me before, like, let's go sell cookies. Let's go sell lemonade. And yeah, I did the, the thing of, you know, okay, let's do that. Let's just go see what we make. And, and, you know, mom provides all the resources and stuff, but to break it down for them, that's such a great opportunity to teach them a little bit further in depth of like, this is what it actually takes to like have a business and actually make money. So I love that. Where can people go to get that?
1: Yeah, um, come check it out. You can come check me out the, at the dot com. the dot com. Um, and uh, you know, if you want additional tips and tricks on things, come check out the podcast. It's under Money Talkers. Um, you'll see a big green block with my smiley face on there, and uh, it's on all the platforms and fun stuff. So there's a lot of tips and tricks. I get, I get some really good parenting uh, talks out of some really high achievers. I've been very fortunate for my guest list, so um, I would definitely suggest checking that out.
0: Love it. Awesome. And if you guys also want to connect with Cody, pretty much just search for his name on any of the social media. And he also has a Facebook group called money talkers and there's a lot of good valuable information in there as well. Cody, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything else you'd like to add uh, or any final thoughts?
1: Yeah. I have one thing I would and I'll tell it cause I like to tell through stories. Right. Um, I had a guest of mine tell me that, uh, I need, you need to be patient when you talk to your kids and you need to ask open-ended questions. And I had a scenario come up that I would have absolutely regretted missing. And, uh, it probably is a normal scenario for most parents, but, um, my son walks up to me and he says, this is maybe three months ago or two months ago or so. And he says, uh, he looks right at me and he says, dad, just middle, I don't know what I was doing, but it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. looks right at me and he goes, dad, how much money do you have? Holy cow. Do you know what runs through your head? Like, you know, shut them down. Like, uh, don't worry about that. No big deal. You don't need to worry about those things. Or why are you asking? like, what, what is it? What, you know, like, uh, you know, or, well, I'm a money talker. Do I just lay it out on them? Right. And blow is, you know, like, (laughs) what do I do? Like, I just had like thoughts. And then this clarity thought I had of this, um, person I interviewed said, find out why they're asking. Mm -hmm. Right. I looked right at him and I said, son, I said, um, I said, why, why are you asking me that? And he said, dad, and he he has a hundred dollar bill and he's like super, like that's his, he talks, like, that's his thing, right? He's like, dad, I have a hundred dollars. And if you don't have a hundred dollars, I want to give you my hundred dollar bill so that you can have the hundred dollar bill. And that's like, his like prize possession. And I was like melted, you know what I mean? It was such this like, oh my God, this kid wants to give me his $100 bill because if I don't have one, he wants me to have it. And it was just like this amazing moment of just, like I would have missed that
0: mm-hmm.
1: if I hadn't taken been an open mind and if I would have shot off one of the answers that I wanted to shoot off at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would leave that as a final thought that when you go to talk to your kids, don't go in with an agenda. Um, ask open-ended questions to find out what their mindset is And there are some beautiful moments in there when that happens.
0: Thank you for sharing that. That's such an important lesson for us all remember, and especially me. And that's my biggest takeaway from this episode. So I appreciate you sharing that.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me be on the podcast and thank you listeners for listening. I appreciate it.